You are listening to a Nerd Room podcast production. We the Nerd. Bunch of nerds. Hey everyone and welcome to Nerd Room. We talk all things Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond. This episode number 311, we're discussing the Batman the Defenders arriving on Disney Plus and the McFarland Toy Winter Showcase. I'm on your host, Tim. And I'm Carlos. He's back, everybody. Carlos is in the house. And who else would we have here just days before the debut of what is going to be one of the biggest films of the year in The Batman? I got to take a pulse here on you, Carlos. How are you feeling about this one right now? Oh, man. It's like... It- Tonight is a tough night, so we're recording on Tuesday night, and it's like, you know, Monday happened, and they had, like, the the special invite guests got to see it, and our boys at the Vigilante saw it, mm-hmm. and that was cool. We just got the quick DM with the, the really high-level feelings, and that was cool. Like, super happy for that, and I could handle that. But tonight, with everybody posting themselves outside of the movie theaters and gearing up to go, and with their... Batman cowl buckets of popcorn and whatnot. Like I'm, I'm feeling it today. Like it's (laughs) like kind of mid afternoon and like I took a few days off and I just hammered my workload. So I didn't have a ton to like force me to keep my mind occupied with non Batman things today. And, uh, it's been freaking tough. Like, oh, I'm having a hard time. I'm having a hard time and I'm not the goddamn Batman. (laughs) So, guys, we're going to talk a little bit more about Batman here. We're, we're no spoilers. We have not seen the film as of this record. And so this is going to be a clean podcast on the Batman front. But we're also going to talk about Batgirl. The debut of this on HBO Max is happening inside of 2022. And that's also going to have another Batman and maybe the Batman in it as well. So we're going to break that release date down a little. And the Defenders, that is Marvel's Defenders, are arriving on Disney+. Plus. Word of that came out today as we record about the Netflix series jumping over to Disney+. Plus. So we're going to break down what that means. And also, Uncle Todd delivered yet again. They are Winter Showcase, which was, I believe, their Toy Fair piece coming out just one week later from that original Toy Fair release time. And Uncle Todd did not fail to deliver. And Carlos, between the Batman and McFarlane, this is a custom-built podcast for you, my friend. And I cannot wait to break down some of this stuff in a bit more detail. So let's let's not waste any more time. Let's jump over to it and hit This Week in Nerd. All right, everyone, welcome to This Week in Nerd, our weekly news segment where we break down the latest and the greatest from the world of nerd. And we aren't waiting any longer. Well, I guess we have a couple days. You have one day until we see Mm -hmm. the Batman. But we're going to kick this episode off going straight into this debut, this weekend debut. The first big film to hit theaters inside of 2022 is probably the most anticipated film of this year as well and i'm saying that as a big mcu fan with multiverse of madness thor love and thunder all this disney plus coming at us there's not one of those that surpasses my hype my excitement for the return of a solo batman 
project inside of of course matt reeves the batman so we're on the doorstep carlos we heard you just briefly express some of the angst but talk to me a little bit more about the batman i you know you guys had a great tailgate with the vigilante boys this past weekend over on their youtube channel so go check that out where you had a huge group of people talking about the batman their expectations and what you want from this but i have to ask you more specifically for you as the goddamn Batman, as a lifelong Batman fan, someone that has watched so many different iterations, put to comic book, put to TV, video game, to film, what does this Batman specifically mean for you? Oh, I think it's it's almost that excitement that you have when like New 52 or DC Comics Rebirth hit in that it's it really feels like the first step to a new chapter for mm-hmm. things, right? Like uh, connected universes and ongoing stories aside and everything else, it really feels like this massive stake in the ground for the point forward for DC Comics on film, for Warner Brothers Studios and what they're doing with the franchise. And it just it just feels exciting and that this has been gestating for as long as it is um and all the spin-off projects like everything about it has indicated that they're really happy with what they have and they're really confident in it and you know like the embargo for the reviews was late for this film but at the same time they were screening it for like almost a month so that mm-hmm. tells me that they had a lot of confidence and a lot of people's eyeballs were on it and uh, that gets me excited, and I'm I'm excited about the prospect of this really cool little contained Batman universe going on, and um, yeah, I it, like really the we get so much of this stuff that my anticipation it wasn't muted, but there was just so many things to look forward to. But now that you're faced with the realization that we're on the eve of a solo Batman movie. Mm-hmm. There's just nothing like that. There's no. I haven't had this feeling since The Dark Knight Rises, really. Yeah. Yeah, it, it's there. You're talking about reviews and the embargo being lifted. You were hearing things like stunning, a style of its own, surpassing expectations, captivating, all words that I think both express the quality of the film, but something that we specifically hit on is how Matt Reeves and the crew and everyone that's put this together is going to deliver this film as being something that sets itself apart from what we're getting right now. There's there's a lot of really great stuff, but the trouble with the volume that we're getting is that films and TV shows can fall victim to the thank you next, or they get jumbled up in a big, dense release window or a release year. But the Batman, for me, when I look at this, it is something that has already set itself so far apart from everything else that's coming that it feels like an event onto itself. And it feels like it's going to be something special. It's going to be divergent from what we've had in the past, even though we've had how many different iterations of this character. And this already feels like something new and different. And like you said, too, the connective universe is my bread and butter. I absolutely love that but that this is going to be its own story without the baggage of other things. I think that is awesome. I'm so pleased that they've walked into this in with this direction, with this sort of care and attention to details that we've seen all these trailers, but I still feel like I haven't seen anything. 
We've seen mm-hmm. the actors and Matt Reeves go out there and explicitly say his plans and his process. These are the things that matter to me going into this and the things that have me excited. You can put all the footage you want in the world in front of me, but it's about that experience almost. And like that's where I'm at with this thing. Yeah, there's just something special about going into a movie where it's it's something that the filmmaker and the studio collaborated on and it's because they hold the character in such high regard and they feel that they've crafted something special to bring to an audience. And and like you said, it just feels like it stands alone. It almost I don't I don't even know. Like it almost feels like a movie of old where they just mm-hmm. put something out and see what yes. happens. Like yes. like that first Jurassic Park movie. Mm-hmm. There was no intention of the lost world coming out as you could tell because there's a massive gap right like back then that's what they used to do it was just like we'll we'll put this out and if people like it then sure we'll develop a sequel but uh you're gonna have to wait three years from it because we didn't do any Mm pre-planning and that's kind of what this feels like where it's they just have something that they believed in and they want to put the movie out so that's kind of cool. Like, I, I almost wonder if it's those throwbacky vibes of that style and approach for movie making that's got us jazzed. But there, you're you're absolutely right. There's just something different mm-hmm. about the vibe of this one, where it's like, yeah, sure, it's a comic book movie, and we get loads of awesome comic book movies, but uh, this one just it has a different feel to it. Yeah, and it just feels the product of a different thought process. Well, and I love your analogy there about this feeling like a film in a different era of the creative process, in a different era of the release, where it feels like that movie. And Jurassic Park is such a great example that it was just something so different that was put out into the world. And it was a movie that start, had a middle, and had an end, too. And that's my kind of anticipation for this one. It could stand on its own. And I'm not saying, again, this isn't a criticism of what's coming out, but the approach of this does feel like an 89 uh, a jp like you said it feels like it's a movie that is meant to be there and an experience that is meant to be there and stand alone stand on its own in a field of what is potentially going to be one of the best years ever for comic book film content mm-hmm. well yeah you just look at it and it's just like the feel of this one feels so much different than even the other movies that we have with batman in them Right, <laughs> or it's yeah. just like those, those you know, get them and you enjoy them. And there's other things that are coming, and you're knowing that it's just a piece of something larger. Whereas with this one, it's like, no, it feels it feels different. It feels unique and mm-hmm. something onto itself. Yeah, and I, I think that one of the things that up front, you know, we're speaking of this feeling like its own thing, is that it has it has to work. I think a little bit and set itself apart from all the different iterations of Batman, including probably two other Batman that we're going to see this year with Affleck maybe making his his last appearance. And of course, Keaton coming back in, in two different properties or projects this year. And so th- I, to me, it's already set itself apart. It already feels like its own thing. There are some comparisons in the reviews to The Dark Knight, um, but it was very loose comparisons in the aspects of it being grounded it feeling more like it exists in the world that we are currently living in. Maybe mm-hmm. not this exact world. Cause this exact world is weird right now, but an awful, yeah. an awful in some cases, but that it feels like this vigilante could exist. These villains could exist. You know, 
not saying it doesn't exist, but I'm almost certain that the multiverse isn't really going to come splashing at us this year. I, maybe 2022 is the year, but <laughs> yeah, who knows? Yeah, we're in a rough spot when uh, Gotham City is the more appealing spot to be. Yes, but uh, <laughs> it is what it is, I guess. It, it certainly is. So, how are you seeing this, man? You you got tickets for tomorrow for Wednesday, correct? Yeah. So the Canadian fan first premiere was actually on the second. So day after the American one for whatever reason, but yeah, got tickets for tomorrow. It'll be an IMAX. Get to see our boy Troy again for the first time in a while. Sunny's coming. And uh, yeah, that, that'll, that'll be the first view. And, and it was interesting too, because had a few different people, including within the family kind of jockeying to see it. And, with me for the first time and this just kind of felt like the right way to do it nobody had to miss any of their extracurricular activities and we have uh like our closest family friends um the the wife and the in the couple or whatever godmother to our kids she is to call her a pattinson super fan is the understatement of the year like it is nuts and so uh, that, that'll be the first time that the rest of the family sees it is when we can do it with them on Friday. So that's a lock, but uh, I, uh, there's no way I could wait till Friday. Like, no. to be honest, if, if there was an opportunity to see it tonight, I wouldn't be here. <laughs> <laughs> It'd just be me, guys. It'd just be me. Yeah. I, haven't, yeah. I haven't actually set up my, my time to go see this one yet, but it'll definitely be in the next couple days, probably Friday. I'm probably going to take a few hours at lunch maybe. And go see the Batman quietly. <laughs> so I think I've I think I've shaken off my uh, my COVID uh, anxieties. So I'm hoping that the next big debut we can make it a a full table appearance uh, at the theater. So mm-hmm. I'm uh, I'm ready to, I'm ready to get back out there, guys. I'm ready to get back well, out there. Yeah, you're just waiting for that that right time and Michael Morbius. Yeah, <laughs> I to, no, that not that one. <laughs> We might have to wait till May, guys. <laughs> yeah, I thought, I thought it was kind of ironic how that movie's coming out on April Fool's Day. But <laughs> man, just imagine if that came out three weeks ago, like you said, a month ago. Oh yeah, it would have been huge. It would have vastly improved its fortunes. But by the time it comes out, people will have scratched their uh, superhero movie anxiety with the Batman. They'll have had Moon Knight to digest on Disney yeah. Plus and. And I think something else comes out right away after Morbius hits too. So, yeah, it's it's getting in that because that's April, and then yeah, you're gonna butt right against Doctor Strange in the Multiverse mm-hmm. of Madness by the time it gets mid-April it drops. Or no, April Fool's Day started April, but yeah, you're starting to get into uh, a more dense movie release window as you get into April, and and everything is kind of shaken off around globally too. So yeah, people are gonna be, I think a bit more willing to go but probably a bit more choosy once you start to get into that where oh we just wait a month or two and go see dr strange and morbius will be on netflix <laughs> in a couple months yeah yeah it is what it is so we'll so. we'll see what happens with that one but uh you know if you got tyrese in your movie it's probably not a good sign <laughs> <laughs> well it's exciting times we will have our review next week hopefully we can get troy back into the room to do said review of the Batman. So look out for that, guys. That'll be in your feeds. And we're also going to do, we announced it on our live stream. Was it last week? I can't remember. The week before, 
was the week before our paint the town red batman wrap-ups we're gonna have a bit of a round table live stream with a few guests and we believe that'll be coming out the friday after the release so not this coming friday but the following friday i believe that is the 11th maybe and we'll be taking or building really off of our podcast review and putting some more voices to the nerd room for that experience specifically around the batman so look out for that look out for more announcements on the exact date timing and the guests as well so we got something exciting cooking up there to celebrate the release of the batman but this is not the only time we're going to see a batman as i mentioned in 2022 we're going to see some of the bat family and of course we're going to see mr keaton return to the role of bruce wayne and batman and that is going to be in batgirl there's lots of lots of set photos leaking around there there's videos my daughter you sent me something today carlos my daughter lost her mind i had to watch that 13 second clip like five times in a row (laughs) (laughs) where we've got batgirl riding a motorcycle and they're actively filming this right now but it looks like we're actually going to see this batgirl film on hbo max inside of 2022 which is surprising for me but one of the producers of Batgirl, Michael Uslan, put out there in his Facebook a somewhat cryptic tweet. And coming, and this is what it read, and coming in November and December, Michael Keaton returns with a shadowy, very Michael Keaton-esque Batman image. And deciphering that, it looks like November with the release of The Flash, we'll see Keaton in that but also alluding to the fact that we will see Batgirl inside of 2022 on HBO Max in December. Likely around Christmas time would be my guess. Something in there. It seems like a nice Christmas Day drop for for all of us or Boxing Day or something to that effect. So, Carlos, two doses of Keaton in that bat suit inside of 2022 on top of the Batman. Man, this is the year of the bat. Oh man, is it ever? Is it ever? Like what a what a set of bookends for yeah. 2022. <laughs> but uh yeah, like how can you not be excited about Keaton return to the role? We we talked about some of those set photo leaks plants of him plants. in the costume <laughs> a couple of weeks ago and yeah, he looks fantastic and then that they're now officially kind of building the hype machine and it's just like we said, they're going to wait for the Batman to hit fever pitch and hit people's eyeballs, and then they'll start slowly building up the next thing type of mm-hmm. thing uh, with Batman. But, uh, man, I'm so excited. And then you had um, – it was the Screen Actors Guild Awards yes, just last week, right? And so he takes home the award for, I think it was Best Lead in the Limited Series for Dope Sick, which is excellent. But, uh, again, like kind of like we talked about with Matt Reeves, like, this was a passion project for him. He was a producer and through his speech, I kind of picked up that he might've lost somebody to the Mm -hmm. opioid epidemic. And, uh, but just to see that guy, like he goes flying up onto the stage, does this like backward barrel roll onto the stage. So that means that, you know, he's still got a presence to him and he's, he's still pretty spry and just the energy that he had and the way he came across and it's like he's not the biggest strongest toughest batman but when that guy was kind of giving people crap for some pretty dim views on the world uh he was kind of scary so 
yeah, man, I'm I'm here for it. Like I, I love Michael Keaton and every year and even more so. He's just a cool dude, and I can't wait to see him in this role again as Batman. But even more so as a mentor type character because he's got that vibe to him where he's he's a guy who's kind of been through things and he's got some sage wisdom wisdom to pass on. So it's cool to see that there'll be channeling channel, channeling that in Batgirl. Yeah. So. I'm excited for it. Yeah, it's it's so cool, and like you said, he has some such a commanding presence about him. Like he gets mm-hmm. up on stage. That was one of the few things that I watched from the Screen Actors Guild was his speech, and I watched it three times because he gets up there, he's talking. It's impactful. It's meaningful. It's done in a way that is not super direct, but it's pointed and meaningful. And it's I appreciate his range there that he can capture an audience in so many different forms, whether it's in dope sick, whether it is being real on stage or whether it's going to be returning to the role of Bruce Wayne, Batman in two huge projects for this universe inside of 2022. And that's not to, to take any of the limelight off of Batgirl. You know, I'm, I'm as equally excited to see her getting to screen and letting my daughter experience that alongside of me. Like, uh, counting down to December has now become the countdown to Batgirl um, and to experience awesome. that whether it's before or after or during Christmas whatever it is I'm just stoked that we get it this year because I had anticipated this time next year that we were still a whole year out from oh, okay. this debuting on HBO Max and there might have been rumors but just still seeing them actively filming still makes me question whether or not it's going to get there but hey if they're confident enough to, to put a tease out there I'm here for it all freaking day. Yeah, and who knows how far along they are. I, I mm-hmm. think they've been f- at it for a while now, yeah. a couple months, and I don't know that they've had any shutdowns or anything like that. So, yeah, they could be getting into the home stretch. The the They do have two directors, so one mm-hmm. could be working on post-production stuff while one is actively mm-hmm. filming things. And, yeah. Yeah. We'll what a way what to end of the year. The Flash, Batgirl, and Aquaman inside of two months <laughs> like that is wild yeah. and like you said book ending dc starts and ends our 2022 which is really yeah. cool it's it's nice to be a long ways away from a year where we got nothing but a single joker film mm-hmm. in the fall <laughs> so good man so good and so great to to be a, a dc fan and just getting back into this universe i i can't cannot wait cannot express how excited i am but with this being the month of the batman and also the month of moon knight you know moon knight does debut at the end of this month it's got a nice separation from batman but moon knight's not the only marvel hero coming to disney plus inside of march march 16th we've got the return of the defenders this is the netflix defenders of course that debuted what way back in 13 14 whenever that was that included Daredevil, Jessica Jones, Luke Cage, Iron Fish, Iron Fish, Iron Fist, The Defenders, Punisher. This whole content from Netflix is dropping inside of, I believe, Canada, the US, uh, New Zealand, Australia, the UK this month, March 16th. It's all heading over, which is interesting. I didn't think this was actually going to happen. Because I thought Netflix owned these shows outright. So I'm not sure if Disney paid for these or if there was some sort of exchange of 
whatever. But this whole package is coming over to Disney Plus. And with Daredevil and Wilson Fisk both making their debuts inside of the MCU, it has to lead you to the idea that they could potentially be picking up pieces of this universe like Luke Cage, like a Jessica Jones, maybe even a Punisher in some states, in some sense, and progressing these characters and using these shows as a foundation. Or it could just be a way to try to get some more eyeballs on Disney Plus to see if they can get those subs up a little bit. So these characters coming over, these shows coming over, Carlos, is there any deeper meaning here for the MCU, for Marvel, or is this just another library dump for Disney Plus? Uh, I I think it, it's a bit of both to be honest with you. Like I I do appreciate that they see the value of these shows and kind of wanted them under their roof and that they're making such an effort to consolidate all the mm-hmm. Marvel properties under their one umbrella. And uh, like I don't know that they'll pick up a ton of the threads from those shows. Like, is there any value in going back to Iron Fist? Probably not. To be honest with you, no. uh, Luke Cage kind of ended in a weird spot. Jessica Jones, I didn't even make it through all of season two. I, I no. just kind of, I, I quite liked the first season, but the second one just felt like it took big steps backwards. Uh, Daredevil is awesome all the way through, but I kind of feel like they've taken what they need to out of that show mm-hmm. with Fisk and Mac coming over. If we can get Foggy, Foggy's a must. Uh, yeah. To me, he's an easy pull. Like, there's no reason he shouldn't be. He was, he was in that Mighty Duck show, so yeah, <laughs> yeah. So bring, f- yeah, bring Foggy over, and uh, yeah, I think it's cool that they're uh, that they paid the toll to get Netflix to give them the shows. But uh, yeah, you know what? Why not? Why not? Mm-hmm. Right? And then if you have people that are interested in those particular characters, they can experience them on Disney Plus under their existing subscription. Yeah. When I think with those shows, having watched most of them with the exception of Iron Fist, they all kind of stand enough on their own that they don't they can be a foundation or they they cannot be. I don't they don't need to be required reading or required watching to get what's likely going to go on. I I don't I see them using at a minimum Luke Cage. I don't see why they wouldn't use that character and that actor in that role. Like I thought he was a great cast. And just kind of picking up like they did in, in No Way Home and just saying, this guy is this character. There's some stuff here, like comic books. There's some stuff here. You can read it. It's great. But we're going to go in this direction with this character. And there's no real need to to provide like a huge foundational origin story again. We're just going to run with this. Just Daredevil is just going to be Matt Murdock Daredevil in the MCU going forward. I don't see them going back to his roots and re-exploring all this. They don't need to. And these shows give them give them the ability to maybe leapfrog off of that and not have to go all the way back to the suit and the you know what I mean? Like they can just do what they want and and run away with these characters. Yeah, and as much as I loved, loved, adored the Daredevil show, I almost feel like the Affleck movie did a more concise job with the origin mm-hmm. and letting you understand where he comes from and what he's all about type of thing. So, yeah, uh, like you said, we've kind of treaded that ground enough times that they can just move forward with mm-hmm. it and kind of go from there. So, well, I like what the spot we're at with, with a lot of these. And like, we talked about DC and them doing this too, you know, with the, the big reveal in Peacemaker and the continuity of some of these characters and the foundations that have set in previous films is that 
I, I see that as a somewhat soft reboot, the Peacemaker, I'm saying, for the mm-hmm. DC Extended Universe and Suicide Squad even, where they're taking the concepts, plucking what they want from previous iterations, and then just moving forward with stuff. I see a very similar thing happening here. The Netflix, it's a soft reboot of those characters inside of the MCU where they take what they want, which is mostly the characters and the actors that are playing them and the way they're portrayed and just progressing. Like, they don't need to do any more work. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree. I don't think that those characters will be presented the same way as they were in those Netflix shows. Like, we certainly didn't get that with Fisk in yeah, the little true. bit we saw of him in <laughs> Hawkeye, right? So, and and that's fine, right? That's fine. I know, I know a few people were a little concerned about these shows being very mature, being on Disney+, Plus, but... Having had that content in Canada on Disney Plus for a long time, not these shows specifically, but mature and R-rated mm-hmm. content, uh, man, I, I got to hats off to Disney for th- there is no way that you a don't know that parental controls exist, yeah, <laughs> or b uh, that you don't know how to use them because. I can't even begin to tell you before they launch Star, like how many emails, how many notifications, uh, how many reminders I got to have it set up. And then when Star hit, it was like for a month. Every time I turned on the app, it's like, hey, you haven't done this yet. Are you sure you don't want to do it? Make your pin. So, yeah, if you're concerned about kids having access to this stuff, uh, they do a really good job of making sure that you can curate the the content that your kids see Mm -hmm. and and whatnot. So yeah, it's good. And I think it's just a bit of a precursor to them moving away from Hulu and dissolving that relationship with Comcast and having everything under the, the Disney plus umbrella. Yeah. I, I, like you said, there, I have, I think four different profiles on my Disney plus and I myself, my wife, my sister and my daughter and you go into my daughters and it's all, you know, Pixar and, princess stuff and all this and then you go on mine and it's it's you got pam and tommy and marvel and you know what i mean like it's very very easy to segregate disney plus i i I have zero concern about the maturity of this stuff Mm -hmm. and things like punisher which goes the extra mile to be slightly more mature in in some aspects it's easy parental control boom done you can't watch it (laughs) it's like anything the parental control has been on forever on tv so (laughs) Yeah, Absolutely in fact, you even have more control now, right? Because yeah. technically you can have the pin and nobody watches anything you don't want them to watch. So Exactly. Yeah. We're <laughs> so a showcase that, when we were kids. It was yeah. always available. Yeah, <laughs> showcase. <laughs> <laughs> totally. <laughs> yeah, those uh, those high channels at night. Um, yeah, man, it's March 16th. It's, it's a big month for comic book movies. The Batman, The Defenders returning to, to Disney or to Marvel – and Moon Knight at the end of the month, March 30th. And we're going to be covering all that, guys. Not so much the Defender stuff. You can go way back in the archives and hear some of our thoughts, specifically more on the Daredevil stuff. If you're really interested in that, I'm talking to some pre-100 episodes, I think. So that's uh, that's quite a few years ago, five, six years ago, when we talked about all that. But, Carlos, we got one more big topic to cover here before we get into our week in nerd. And I had one hell of an our week in nerd. But we can't. We can't finish up here without talking about Mr. McFarlane, Uncle Todd, and his winter toy showcase this past weekend. Three days of reveals of very Todd McFarlane reveals. Yes. 
You know what I mean? This was a big, huge production. This was what ex- this was exactly what it needed to be. It was Todd himself getting up there, showing the figures. He has some great lines. I love the one about get excited for the Batman. <laughs> oh, and the production is hilarious. The, the, the one video where he obviously has somebody filming him on what is clearly going to be an iPhone or yeah. or just a, a phone. And then he takes it from that person <laughs> halfway through to start filming things from a different <laughs> angle. There's no, uh, yeah, there's no editing. There's no fancy graphics. There's no musical overlays. It's just uh, Uncle Todd unbridled. Mm-hmm. And that might be a reason why Mr. McFarlane is able to sell figures at the price that he does. <laughs> yeah, he is it, unmatched in this environment right now. Unmatched. Yeah. One, there's an appeal to it, right? If you're if you're a parent who's taking your kid to the store and you just want to let them buy a cool-looking action figure, you're going to be pushing them towards those McFarlane Toys products because <laughs> they're at times 50% less than anything else on the shelf. Yeah, it's crazy. And there's a reveal in here that actually picks up on some of our three and three quarter inch collection discussion that we've had in the past, Power of the Force discussion about what lines could potentially do. So I want Hasbro, Mattel, all these lines, NECA even, to start looking a little bit at Mr. McFarlane here because he's able to produce some wild stuff that you have spent a lot of money on, Carlos. And oh, it know. seems like that's going to continue into this year. Let's talk about some of the DC multiverse reveals. So we had the the Flash season seven teaser put out there, a Godspeed figure revealed. There was the uh, Killer Croc, Ghostmaker, and Man Bat, and also a tease for Black Adam. This is this is a big lineup. Those Killer Croc and Man Bat figures are freaking enormous they're in the same scale as the swamp thing right like yes they're like, yeah they're mega fig yeah like 11 inches tall or whatever they are yeah they'll be huge especially killer croc looks absolutely massive very cool so what about these reveals what what's got you excited besides all of them yeah yeah well we'll see because i find that uh i sent tim a very resentful message on the weekend as i was spending some time here <laughs> dusting action figures and i was just like holy smokes this is tedious but uh <laughs> it, it is what it is you got to keep that collection looking sharp uh for me honestly the big one the biggest two would be Ghostmaker. like that's a character that i've really enjoyed in the tinian batman run i think he's a cool character i think he looks cool and troy and i have really enjoyed kind of celebrating him and the reveals as to his backstory and the way he operates and whatnot. And he's just he's just got such a cool badass look with the white with the sleek black lines on it and the dual swords and the cape. So looking forward to him and then that man bat figure. I, mm. I don't know that I've owned a man bat figure since Batman the animated series. Wow. <laughs> and uh and yeah, this is the one. Like it's so perfect and he's got such a cool look to him. And he kind of channels those animated series vibe, very much the comic book vibe, but he's just so huge. He's absolutely immense. So he'll be one croc to a bit of a lesser extent. I do have the DC Direct Arkham croc, who is a big, huge figure as well. So we'll see. Croc will be a game time decision type of thing. But uh, yeah, I was pretty impressed with, with these figures and, and even on the spawn side of things, he did some cool things like this spawn with a throne and you get this cool mm-hmm. spawn figure. And then 
he has this kind of throne and a cape type of effect so that if you sit him on the throne as, as a display piece, it looks like he's sitting on the cape and whatnot. So I thought that was cool and the big overt kill figure and whatnot. And yeah, yeah it just it's just neat stuff. Yeah, and then getting probably what is going to be a whole wave of Black Adam figures would be my guess on mm-hmm. this. And, you know, we looked at those reveals of those characters on screen for the first time during the Super Bowl spot or the pre-Super Bowl spot. So we've got Hawkman and Adam Smasher, Black Adam, of course. There is, who else is there? Um, Cyclone and Dr. Fate will be oh, the huge one. Yes. Yeah. Come on. That's a whole wave for you there. Like, they didn't show anything at the showcase here, which... I was a little – I kind of wanted to see something, but I'm okay. I can wait. I can wait. I can wait to see mm-hmm. what they have to put in front of us. But very exciting to see that because, you know, with four big DC films coming out this year and you've already experienced the first onslaught of the Batman figures, it's just going to keep coming, man. Just keep coming. <laughs> oh, yeah. Like, and he doesn't miss an opportunity to do anything, right? So I'm sure we'll get Black Adam. We'll get, like, Battle Damage Black Adam. Yeah. We'll probably get, like <laughs> – Hooded. Uh, yeah hooded black adam teth black adam and uh yeah but it's cool and i kind of like the way he's doing stuff with chase figures now where they're unpainted uh printer proofs or like they'll be the raw figure Mm that the painters would get kind of thing so if you want to see the details in the figures and uh that's actually something i experienced with the justice league figures with the ones i customized was that the sculpts are unbelievable on these things so yeah those are out in the wild i found the swamp thing one but for the price of the big mega figure i didn't want to pull the trigger on that one in particular but there's some cool ones like i know the dark knight returns raw batman is one that troy's kind of searching for and the red hood from the gotham knights line and whatnot so is yeah, this too we'll... to allow customizers just to have a have a go at painting them too yeah yeah, yeah. it just so yeah cool. he's like yeah, people like looking at the sculpts, and there's people that like repainting figures. So this is how we'll do chase figures, which I appreciate on two fronts. Like number one, I I like the idea of being able to see the raw sculpts and to do the painting myself, but I also like that the chase figure is not going to be one that leaves a hole in my collection if yes. I don't have it. Yeah, right. Cool. So I'm not missing a character or like a key look if I don't get it. Like I know. Um, for the Justice League line, Troy really wanted the Affleck with the goggles up, but that was the Platinum Edition figure, and he was kind of sweating being able to get that one, and luckily our boy Marty hooked us up with with that guy. But um, I, I'd hate to have a hole in my collection with a chase figure that I just can't get because mm-hmm. I'm not camping on boxes kind of thing. So, yeah, I kind of <laughs> like this, where it's like it, it's cool if you find them, but if you don't, you're not missing the – a representation of a character or look in your collection. Mm-hmm. And it's a cool acknowledgement to a whole different subset of collectors as well, the customizers, right? That not a lot, mm-hmm. if any, other companies really acknowledge. Like This is happening one way or another, right? And yes, they've given us more head swaps and hand swaps and all this and stuff, so that affords some of that. But to go right down and say, hey, if you're a painter, here you go. Because we see it. We see it all the time. There's some awesome customizers, Troy being one of them, yourself being another where, you know, it takes some of the work out of it for you mm-hmm. and giving you something raw to paint and experiment with, which I think is cool. So the, the opportunity for people to showcase how many different Swamp Things or whatever, right, that you can see online, people posting these things and the the attention to 
what is their own style too that that you can bring out in these sculpts that they can paint I, i think that is such a cool way to continue to be a collector driven company because that's really what McFarlane is fundamentally right these are very collector focused and fan focused action figures yeah and it's cool and it's neat to see him taking feedback and whatnot like he's changed the ankle joints it looks like mm-hmm. in the new crop of figures and um and even just how niche some of the things are actually another one that I'm going to be getting is the Joker dragon and just oh like, yeah he's like yeah I mean, instead of making a motorcycle I'm going to make this freaking death metal dragon with the joker's head on it and sure why not like who else is gonna make that figure like it's insane but he did it like this kind of you know very underground comic book line that went on forever and i don't know a ton of people that read all the way through but yet he's pumping out figures for (laughs) every different look and yeah the batman who laughs origin look is coming out and yeah it's cool it's just kind of neat to see these things that you see on the page materialize in plastic a few months later. Yeah, yeah. He's he's done so good with that, and he's expanding the line. Actually, he's moving from the big scale to the smaller scale to that three and three quarter inch, four inch scale, with what is being called DC Page Punchers. So going down to a very simplified figure with that traditional five POA, six POA, if you include the the hip swivel that he's got on these. And bringing us sub well, in Canada be be about twelve bucks, I think, for these mm-hmm. figures. So twelve dollar figures that are packed with the detail, the paint apps, and also a comic book. So these are meant for a younger audience to not only get them the figure, but also give them some materials to get into and interested in comic book reading. We've seen this before. Marvel's done it. DC's done it. But this is a really cool set because you know you're packing a what. comic book with a figure and how can you go wrong there's literally nothing of this i would say maybe of this i'm not sure about quality but definitely of this attention to detail on the pegs right now at this price point inside of the comic book inside of like that collector space right like you have the dc does those very like tyke focused stuff things right where you have like the large legs and heads and stuff, but yeah, they have like the Imaginex ones yes. that are for like the toddlers, mm-hmm. and then they have the the Spin Master line, which I is kind of for younger kids, but it doesn't have at least to me it has zero crossover appeal. Mm-hmm. Um, I know some of the movie stuff they they tailored to catering to older tastes as well, but their baseline it's totally the. Batman's with funky colors and the yeah. Robins with big oversized weapons and all that kind of stuff, right? So yeah, very much focused at kids. But these paid punchers are—they kind of appeal to both, right? Yeah, because I think we're getting Batman, Superman, and yeah, Black Adam and the Flash. I think yeah. were the ones that he had. Maybe one other one, but yeah, uh, yeah like you said, it's a great deal. Like ten. 10 bucks us 12 bucks canadian you get the little figure you get a four or five dollar comic book they picked like kind of key issues to put Mm -hmm. with the figures which is a neat gateway to get kids reading and uh these are the types of things like you know so many of us were first introduced to comic books buying those like grab bags in the 80s right where yeah you're at the grocery store and you know hey kids it's comics and there's 
two comics with really cool flashy covers and then two that ain't nobody buying in the middle and uh yeah <laughs> it, it is what it is but uh those are the types of things that you know make an impact on a little kid and for a parent it's easy to swallow that kind of twelve dollar price point and and i think that's a key thing because for me like i love those marvel retro legends figures the three and three quarter inch ones yeah and the cards are so nice but they're 24 dollars up here yeah it's crazy and i just cannot justify it because the reality is i'm buying it for the cardboard box and 24 bucks is just I can buy a full-size McFarlane figure and have a dollar <laughs> left over in my pocket for the price of one of those. So that's that's what makes it a tough, tough buy. Yeah. So with these being kind of priced for what you're getting, I think is cool. Mm-hmm. Well, and like you said, addressing kind of two different fan bases, your younger and then also your collectors, I think is, is something we're missing in a lot of the lines like star Wars is missing that right now. And I talked about that a couple of weeks ago, Marvel's they've really moved away from their three, three quarter inch like that. Mm-hmm. When the Marvel universe line died, they have not picked that back up and it'll be interesting to see if they follow suit in some capacity and trying to go back towards a more playable, but also collectible lower price, lower articulation figure. I would love if they went back to star Wars and started doing that again. I would, mm-hmm. I would probably jump back into into that line at a $10, $12 price point. Like, we're really missing that as three three-quarter-inch collectors right now, I think. But Yeah, well, in that retro line, there's no reason those figures need to be that expensive. They they charge that because they can. Well, yeah, but... and I was into that line, <clears throat> and then I turned around and sold all of them because I was like, I'm not doing this anymore, and it's too mm-hmm. expensive, and I have half of them anyways. Like, they just announced that, what is it, the Dengar and who else was IG-88, I think? They're doing that retro two pack that they had. Yeah. I have both of those figures with their weapons from the vintage. Like I don't, I don't need that. And so, yeah, th- these are different. It's cool and they're cheap. I think the cheap is what's going to make them sell. So it would be interesting yeah. to see if they they sit on the pegs or if they don't, and and how successful they are. Because I guess that'll tell the tale if if other companies are going to jump into that lower articulated line, lower cost figure. So. Well, un- unless Hasbro wants to watch another video of Todd talking about how he's number one, <laughs> right? <laughs> there you go. The Proof Facebook, is in, yeah. in, in the in the <laughs> award. <laughs> I love that. It's a great way to bookend that conversation. <laughs> so, man, speaking about toys, I think uh, we have to move over to our weekend nerd and discuss what we've been picking up because I got one of my pickups literally staring a hole through my soul right now and ah, I, I can't i can't wait to talk about some of this so let's do it man let's head over to our week in nerd all right here we are our week in nerd this is our final segment for the podcast this week where we talk about what we're picking up in the world of plastic action figures what we're reading what we're watching and this week is a big week Big, big week, Carlos, for both of us, actually. You have a, a wonderful unboxing up on our YouTube channel. And Carlos mm-hmm. has become the main creator for our YouTube channel as well with his, uh, as he's dubbed them, the amateur hour videos that people absolutely love. 
So what, why do you why do you talk a little bit about about that pickup first and uh, and anything else that you grabbed this week of the bat? <laughs> yeah, well, and thanks for the support to all the folks out there who uh, yeah been watching those the the Batman <laughs> toy unboxings on That's there. Awesome, and, man, I love it. Yeah. To to call them amateur hour is uh, it's almost an understatement. If if you saw the way those things are put together on my end at least, Tim gets them looking up this snuff and nah, puts no, it's, a, it's a bit Carlos. of a professional flourish on them. But uh, yeah, it, it's <laughs> it's pretty laughable. But yeah, I was able to get my hands on the twelve inch um, vinyl statue that McFarlane Toys put out for the Batman in the red and black motif, channeling that Jim Lee look. So yeah, definitely take a look on the YouTube channel. I do a quick rundown of what you get in the box and my thoughts on that figure, but it, it's cool. Um, spoiler for the video, but it may have or may not have inspired me to clear out a little shelf and set it up in its own little display so that uh, that thing can have its own glory. And uh, I actually peeled off one of my nerd year resolutions this year. And uh, yeah, it was... Uh, <laughs> It wasn't expensive. I think shipped and everything, it cost me like $7. But uh, I grabbed a 1980s thriller era Michael Jackson keychain off of eBay. There's oh. a seller just in the country here. And uh, she had she had two keychains that were available. One I had when I was a kid, and one was the one that I always wanted. But my mom always said no. And it's basically a deck of 52 cards. And then it has like images of him from the thriller era on like the the Wicked. suit cards. And uh, yeah, it had all 52 cards and it comes in a little plastic container type of thing. And uh, yeah, so I've officially, I guess, peeled off one of my nerder resolutions with wanting to get a few little drips and drabs from that era of my life. I but, love uh, it, man. I love it. Yeah. yeah, and it's certainly inspired by Tim with his with his retro pickups of late. I was like, ah. I kind of tripped across it and I was like, you know what? I'm going to do it. And uh, yeah, I, I adore it. Like it's just those, those images plastered my childhood bedroom for a good decade. So it was, that was cool to get. And then Saturday, Saturday was an interesting day. Cause I, I was kind of getting ready and I was going to go on the hunt and I was like, ah, you know what? And there's lots of stuff happening in the world. And I just happened to catch a tweet by the red cross. And I was like, you know what? I'm going to toss the money that I'd take on the hunt and throw it at the Red Cross. The Canadian government was doing a thing where they'd match your donation. I was like, I'll stay here. And it might have caused Tim to get an angry text because I ended up dusting action figures. And I was like, <laughs> what have you done? <laughs> what have you done? But I was I was cool with it. I was like, you know what? The Batman's coming. There'll be lots of swag in the next couple of weeks. I'll, I'll just chill for a minute. And uh, as I'm sitting there, Dustin, doing my thing. I get a text from my kid and she had popped out and she ended up finding the penguin figure for me from the Batman movie. And she's like, oh, I grabbed this for you. If you want to pay me back, wink, wink, nudge, nudge. <laughs> I was going to say it came full circle. <laughs> I was like, yeah, no problem. But yeah, it was kind of cool to to cool my boots. And to be honest, if I was heading out, if I wanted to score anything, it was that figure or the unmasked patents and would have been the, the grails mm. for the day type of thing. And yeah, that she was able to land that guy. I was super happy about that. So, and now I technically have the, the little collection complete. I still have to get the, the unmasked versions of a couple of the characters, but I don't know that we've seen them up here at all. So 
No, I've been keeping yeah. my eyes peeled every time I go to EB looking for those ones. But yeah. I know nothing yet. But I'm awesome. It's awesome that you grabbed that that penguin figure. I, I it's a. I'm interested to see what the character looks like on screen. But McFarlane, they're doing good. They're getting better with their human likeness, right? They're they're really, mm-hmm. I think, evolving that piece of it. Yeah, like I gotta say, like I'm I'm really impressed with the the Batman figures and even just the the evolution that they've had since the justice league, which was not even a year ago mm-hmm. to now. Um, it's been pretty impressive. Like that Pattinson McFarlane figure is, it's pretty great for the price that you pay, like kind of that 20, $24. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a cool looking figure. So yeah. And it's to the point that I'm tempted to buy another one and do the, the custom paint app that been floating around on, on Instagram there. I was like, Oh, I could try my hand at that. I, I think I have all those colors. Nice. So we'll see how ambitious I am. I got to find him first. So he seems to be the hot one. So yeah, I'm sure we'll get lots of it. Hopefully that seems to be in McFarland's is there's a couple hot ones and then they, they start to show up. So the distribution seems to be still pretty solid on those ones. Unlike some of the other, uh, other toy companies that we deal with from time to time. <laughs> yeah. Admiral Rampart. Yeah. Nobody wants you. Ah, <laughs> that's great man that's great well i I had a week i had a week man it was it was a week of acquiring what i would consider a couple grail pieces and i i teased something last week that i had ordered from a a seller up in edmonton which is north of us and not too far north but three hours north of us and I had talked to him about a month or two ago, and this is regarding Marvel Legends, and we couldn't come to an agreement on a price. And said, I said, okay, I'm going to pass. I'm done. There were some real pieces in there that I thought about a lot. And then a couple of days later, he pulled down the ad. And I was like, oh, no, what have I done? What have I done? I've passed up figures, loose figures, that were priced pretty well because I was being trying to be cheap. You guys all know that I'm a bit of a, a cheap collector and I like to get a deal. And so I was messing around on Kijiji and whoop, that ad goes back up again. And I thought to myself, all right, I missed it once. I'm going to take this opportunity. And I'm just going to pull the trigger at the price that he eventually had came down to. We had, we're a difference of about $25, which in hindsight wasn't that much. And so we did it. We pulled the trigger and it was for 11 Marvel Legends. And all of these Marvel Legends are exclusive or exclusives or difficult to find figures. And some of these are like, they don't, they won't sound like Holy Grails, but there was an Age of Ultron four pack that came out. It was an Amazon exclusive. And those Amazon exclusives are really weird sometimes. This one had Thor, Black Widow, Hawkeye, and Banner, the only Banner figure that we've ever gotten for the MCU. And this thing is terribly expensive in box, like $250 plus in box. And I was able to get those figures for what you would pay retail, less than retail actually now with the new prices. I also got the Wanda and Vision two-pack figures from the Infinity War two-pack. So this is a Toys R Us exclusive. It was expensive when it came out, 80 plus dollars. I had it in my hand at one point and said, not for me, I'm not paying this. Boom, never saw it again. So thinking oh, i'm never gonna find these figures i picked up the 2013 mark 42 and iron patriot marvel legends figures so these are on your toy biz era style of card backs the 
bubble and card and not the window box that they changed into in 2014. So these figures were basically at the end of the Marvel Legends before what I would quote unquote call the modern era. And so they became very difficult to find because they got them out and then they swapped in 2014 to the window boxes with the Winter Soldier and effectively relaunched the line under this Infinity or Infinite series, sorry. And so those figures just kind of got put away and no one ever saw them again. So picked up those two. And then I also got the Thor, Groot, and Rocket three-pack from Infinity War. That was another Toys R Us exclusive that I had in hand and refused to pay the dollar amount for it. But I was able to get 11 of those figures for under retail per figure. Uh, all loose, all weapons, all only displayed. So this puts a huge dent in my Marvel Legends collection. A 2012 forward and 11 figures, 11 hard-to-find figures all in one lot at a good price. Man, let me tell you, I was very excited when this arrived. <laughs> That's amazing. So you got to be pretty close to having your um, your backfill taken care of now i still have about 40 to 50 figures what yeah i have even after that yeah i have like 170 almost 180 marvel legends and there's i'm still short about i'd say 40 figures really which is crazy to think about right like how many i have up on this wall and how many i'm still missing that's insane yeah that's insane. It's a lot of like random two packs that I'm missing, like the Star Lord and Ego two pack, the Valkyrie and Thor two pack from Ragnarok. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm missing a few figures from some bigger Infinity Saga sets or 10th anniversary set. I'm missing that that re-release Hulkbuster. I'm missing the re-release Ultron, and figures that I passed on because I was like, ah, I don't, I ha- kind of have these already. But now my weird brain, I need to be a completist and have every iteration of them. And yeah. so I'm not in some Black Panther and Spider-Man figure homecoming figures. So the big, big holes there for those ones like T'Chaka and a few others. So it's, it's crazy to still think that I have that many figures and I'm still short at least 40, but. Well, yeah. Well, I can't fault you. Like those two packs, they were a heavy touch back then, mm-hmm. let alone now. Like it's, that's a yeah. lot of money for, you know, what, what doesn't seem like a, a lot of bang for your buck with just the two figures type of thing, right? Like it's tough. It is. And I think that WandaVision pack when it came out, I think it was 79.99 when it came Mm -hmm. out, like 80 bucks for two figures. And they're like, they're great figures. They're actually probably the best. I'm just popping them up on the screen here. They're probably the best representations of this era. Like it's a vision. So there's two visions, right? There's this vision, which is the fully colored. And then there's the more transparent one that came out in the civil war. It's the exact same figure, but does, it just has a lighter touch in the paint apps to make it look like he's mm-hmm. phasing out. And this is a, like the Wanda is a great representation of Wanda, but it's all it is, is a, a head swap from the civil war Wanda that came out. Her head wasn't great. And so like, there's a lot, like there's not a lot of new to the figures. They're just step improvements on what has came before. And mm-hmm. this Hawkeye figure, like it's one of only two Hawkeye figures from that early Avengers era that came out. Um, and this is basically a head swap of the 2012 version of Hawkeye. Um, oh, okay. The head, the head sculpt or the face sculpt's not great on this, but things like 
things like the banner figure. Like that's the only banner figure that we got um, from Age of Ultron. So not 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 perfect, but cool to have in the collection some of these missing pieces. And so that was what was nice. It was kind of a balance of picking up figures that I didn't have representation for in the collection, and also figures that are are better representations than some of the ones I already have as well. So yeah, man, Marvel Legends on hot i gotta put up a new shelf i run out of space again <laughs> on the, the marvel <laughs> legends wall so i gotta really rethink all this and probably do some dusting but i thought that that my week was gonna end there i got a lot of great figures I'm really happy with the way the marvel legends collection is coming along and i uh as you do late night i believe it was monday night i'm perusing around facebook marketplace kijiji ebay just doing the, the look and you know when sometimes something crosses your eye and you think, this is a good deal. I have to pull the trigger on this. I wasn't planning on getting this piece. I was eventually, but not not last night when I picked it up. So I picked up the 1990 TMNT Technodrome playset from a guy that lived three minutes down the road from me for just it's one of those prices where both of us think we won where he thinks he won and i think i won on the pricing and so it's like that perfect price point where everybody walks away happy man this thing i never had the tmnt technodrome i'm gonna throw some images up on our instagram for those that don't know what i'm talking about but any 90s kid knows what this thing is it is shredders krang it is their lair. It is this giant dome sitting on this track with an eyeball on the top. It opens up, and it's got all these different cages and areas for torturing the turtles and command centers. It's a wonderful, wonderful representation of what toys were in the 90s. I studied the pictures for hours from this guy, trying to figure out what was missing on it. Because all of these playsets, there is like two dozen pieces that come with this thing. And through my studying, I was able to kind of get a good assessment of the quality of it. It had some like random stickers and a lot of scuff marks on it. But it was only missing two pieces. Two of the most common pieces that are missing. So they should be accessible. But I was able to bring it home and make a project out of it at lunch today where... I had the the magic erasers, the alcohol, and a lot of... I used a ton of Q-tips and cleaned Mm. this thing from top to bottom and got it absolutely freaking shiny. It has a little wear on one of the sides of the dome, but a slight tilt displayed, and you'd never know. This thing looks almost brand new, guys. I'm so excited to have a huge TMNT centerpiece in the collection right now. The Technodrome, Carlos... You've seen the one I got. You're familiar with these things from the past. But I I phoned Carlos and I was like, I just, I left a message. I just said, dude, I had to phone someone and tell someone about this that actually cared and understood. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, no, man, it's wicked. I'm so happy that you bought that thing. Just, it's, it's crazy. It's absolutely crazy. And it's just, it's such an iconic part of that series, right? Mm -hmm. Like that and the turtle van, I think are the two things that... Uh, you know, you, you have those two pieces and you've got the entire series represented if you want. But yeah, it, it's an absolute signature piece for that collection. And and honestly, just for kind of 90s toy lines 
and that kind of you know that 80s 90s era cartoons there's castle grayskull there's the technodrome there's the turtle van what else is there like you probably get the jp command center is another one that the ghostbusters firehouse yeah the cobra hiss tanks yeah yeah ecto one exactly of course the 89 batmobile the greatest oh yes so good so good (laughs) But yeah, man, it's it's a it's a prized piece of my collection now. Like I'm so so pleased with it. I'm gonna source the missing parts eventually, but there are also parts that are reside inside of it, and it's usually displayed closed, um, as the big dome. It's got the eyeball, which is often missing. Um, it's in pretty good shape. Like the eyeball, which sits on top. It's like this ridiculous dome that has this giant eyeball that sits on top of it. But the the playability of the eyeball is that you pull down on a piece inside, and the thing tumbles off, and so it is meant to get beat up and this thing it's in pretty good shape all things considered like there's just a few little marks i couldn't get off where the paints actually rubbed down to um the underlying plastic but if i really wanted to touch it up i probably could but i also do like my toys that have a little bit of history to them as well um they don't need to be pristine out of the box for me i like them cleaned up but um man that's the thing i one thing i'll recommend you gotta sometimes look at things and look through what you can clean up. Like I said, a magic eraser to get scuffs off goes a such a long way to making these things look close to being new 99. Like it's and getting dust off of things, like taking a whole layer of 30 years worth of dust off this, the blues, the purples, all that pop way more when you take that layer of dust off. It's actually pretty wild what a clean can do to an old toy. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, like I sold a Castle Grayskull to a guy and then I followed up with him a couple weeks, months later to go do another trade and he had actually showed me the Castle Grayskull that I took him and I just, you know, gave it a surface level wipe and Bob's your uncle. But uh, he had this thing looking like it was straight out of the 80s. Like it was so clean and looked brand new. He had kind of done this deep clean and polished it up well and had... Some of the stickers that were peeling, he was able to get them glued back down, but they looked as though they were, you know, fresh stickers as opposed to somebody had glued something down type of thing. And it was pretty impressive. So, yeah, you're absolutely right. You can get these things looking phenomenally well. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And it just goes to show, sometimes you just got to pull the trigger, guys. I didn't even try to bargain with this guy. I just said, I'll pay you the, what do you, what do you have it posted for? <laughs> Which is unusual for me. I thought about it, but then I was like, you know what? This is a great way to lose this. <laughs> exciting, exciting times. Not only did we have great weeks in Nerd, we've got the Batman coming out. We can't wait to hear what you guys have to say about Batman. Save those spoilers, though. Push your excitement. We'd love to see that stuff. But we'll be getting down and sitting down and reviewing the Batman next week, guys, after everyone sees it here. You want a, a quick look at it as to what it was? Go over to the Vigilante Boys. They've got a little bit of a, a debrief, a spoiler-free debrief on their YouTube channel. So you can check that out. And then you can always come back here for the full spoiler review next week of The Batman. I can't believe I just said that out loud, Carlos. It's happening, man. It's happening. <laughs> I know. It seems like it's just been such a long time yes. coming. It doesn't. It doesn't. Like it, it, It's got real real for me the last couple of weeks and then certainly today. 
Today yeah. has been in, intolerable. To be honest <laughs> with you. One more sleep, man. One more sleep. <laughs> yeah. So, guys, if you want to give us your feedback on the Batman or whatever, anything we talked about in the show, let us know what you got as far as toys. And, guys, I know I forgot it again, but we're trying to wrap up early. We will get to the listener, our week's in I do apologize. I didn't do it last week. And I, we're just wrapping up here, so we'll get to it. I think we need to have a more of a toy-centric show upcoming whether it's a live stream or whether it is an actual show we can get some some listener interaction here talking about toys it's something that i am so passionate about and i want to do more of it so let's figure out a way guys let's figure out a way as a community to talk more about toys here in the nerd room whether it's live stream on the podcast let's i'm gonna have something percolating in my mind and so think about that send your feedback or anything like that to the nerdrm at gmail.com you can find everything else we do over the nerdroom.net the hunt is real and it's over on Instagram. You can see the Technodrome is going to be up there. I'm going to post some of these legends. You can also head over to YouTube where we are having so much fun creating toy content, doing live streams based in and around toys and our favorite franchises. All that content's over there. Go over there and give us a sub. It's very different than the content we do here. It is that visual base. It is, like I said, very much more toy centric. And everyone's getting in on the action creating there. So go over there. We'd love a sub. And for you guys to comment or do whatever you do on YouTube because uh, that's it's become such a nice supplemental piece for us as creatives, but also as, as far as putting content out there that is a bit divergent from the stuff we talk about every week here on the podcast. And last but not least, Twitter. You can find our handles at the end of the episode. You're going to be seeing what will be initial, very spoiler-free reactions from the Batman coming through over the weekend. And, of course... That's the place where we discuss everything Star Wars, Marvel, DC, and beyond outside of the podcast and YouTube. So, Carlos, I cannot wait to talk to you on the other side of the Batman. But for now, we got to put a pin in this show. And we're going to be picking up that Batman discussion in about a week's time. So, until we're all on the other side of the Batman and for the nerd room, I'm Tim. And I'm Batman. Yes, he is. All day, folks. All day, folks. And we'll talk to you guys on the other side. And thank you so much for entering the Nerd Room. This has been a Nerd Room Podcast production. You can find our hosts, Tim, Troy, Sanjay, and Carlos on Twitter at TheNerdRM, TroyTheBoy87, Sanjabi, and CDN Caped Crusade R. For more content from the Nerd Room, check out TheNerdRoom.net. And don't forget to subscribe to the Nerd Room on iTunes, Podbean, Spotify, wherever you plug in. Use the hashtag WeTheNerd to keep up with the latest from the Nerd Room on Instagram and Twitter.